Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What are you waiting for? Come on in. This podcast may contain graphic content and strong language. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, Hannah. Hi, how are you, Mary? Good. Great. So good. Yeah? Yeah. Woohoo. Couple months till spring. Oh, I am counting down the days. I know. Oh. I love spring. Love summer. You know, I have to say, I don't hate winter, but this winter's been weird. This hasn't been a winter. We had winter in October for two days. That was it. Here's the thing. It's like we get, like, this dusting of snow, and then it just goes away, and it's cold and gray. Yeah. And then we get a dusting of snow, and then it's cold and gray. Like, either snow and be cold and sunny, or just warm the hell up. Okay. All right. All right. Welcome to Murder, Mischief, and Moscato, everyone. I'm Hannah Green. I am Mary Swartz. Woohoo! We have some really nice stuff in we our class today. We do. Mm. When don't we, though? Honestly, let's let's be real. When don't we? This is surprising, though. This one is surprising. Yes. All right. So today, we're going to kick you off with what's in our glass. We have a Merlot. We aren't Merlot drinkers by any ever. means. Ever, ever, ever. However... This was actually recommended to me by Luke, one of my managers at work. He occasionally listens. Thanks, Luke. And Good uh, suggestion. This is one of his favorite wines, which is why we started carrying it at work. You should actually just give us wine to sample, and we'll promote it on our podcast for you, Luke, and then we'll tell him where you work, too. <laughs> Bring you some extra business. Um, this wine comes from Pele... Island Winery, which is from, uh, it's from Ontario. It is actually in Kingsville, Ontario. It is a semi-sweet Merlot, which I was skeptical about. I didn't know they even made a semi-sweet Merlot, but this is really nice. The interesting thing about this is it almost has like a sangria flavor in the background. Like there's a little orange or something back there, and it's really nice. It is. So yeah, highly recommend that, yes, people, people drink it. It's fantastic. Oh, yes, it is. Thank you, Luke. Great suggestion. Figure it's turnarounds fair play because I suggested. Are you all suggesting stuff to him all the time? I I do. um, He's a gin drinker, and then I told him Uh, about. And and then I told him about St. Germain's. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so good. (laughs) Yes, we, we we do talk alcohol from time to time. All right. Mm. All right, Mary, what have you got for us? 
Marcel André Henri Félix Pichot was born on the 17th of January, 1897, in north central France. I don't know which one of his five names gave that away, but he's from France. What? Yeah. During his teenage years, he robbed a post box and he was charged with public damage to public property. Oh. And theft. Okay. Okay. He was ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation, and I will never understand this next sentence, resulting in the charges being dismissed when it was judged he had a mental illness. Oh, gee. Yeah. You don't say. Marcel entered the military service in January of 1916. He was wounded and gassed, and he was sent to various rest homes, where he was arrested for stealing army blankets, morphine, and other army supplies, as well as wallets, photographs, and letters. Oh, he's he's just got a little of everything going on. Can't keep his freaking paws to himself. After the war, Marcel entered the accelerated education program that was intended for war veterans. He completed medical school in eight months and became an intern at the local mental hospital. I'm sorry. Don't be. Eight months. Where did we go wrong? We could be making actual real money. We could be doctors. We could be respected. I I think that might be pushing it a little far. <laughs> He did receive his medical degree in 1921. While working, he gained a reputation for dubious medical practices. Like, See how well it worked to lubricate your mouth? I know. I love it. Like supplying narcotics, performing illegal abortions, and for petty theft. There we go again. I know. Now, during the occupation, he provided false medical disability certificates to people who had been drafted. So they oh. could, like, avoid the draft. Avoid yep. it. He also treated the illnesses of workers who returned from the front. In July of 1942, he was convicted of overprescribing narcotics. I'm shocked. This is my shocked face. I was going to say, um, what year does he live in? Because I feel like he's 100 years too early for this. Now, uh, he was convicted of it, even though two addicts who would have testified against him somehow disappeared. Oh, I thought you were going to say they overdosed. They disappeared. His most lucrative activity during the occupation, however, was his false escape route. What? Did you not understand what false escape route meant? No, I don't. What, what's an escape route? Well, it's how you get away. Okay, what's a false escape route? I don't know. Okay, let me explain this. He had the code name Dr. Eugene. So if you asked for Dr. Eugene, he knew what you were looking for. He pretended to have a means of getting people who were wanted by the Germans or by the government to safety outside of France. Okay. Now, he claimed he could arrange passage to Argentina or elsewhere in South America through Portugal for a price of 25,000 francs per person. Oh, my God. Or about, it was about $500 American money then. That's still a lot of money back then. You know, if you're wealthy... That probably wasn't, okay? Now, Marcel would tell them that the Argentine officials required that all entrants to the country be inoculated against disease. He's a doctor, remember? Right. Okay. And with this excuse, he would inject them with cyanide. Oh, my God. He then took all of their valuables and he disposed of their bodies. And at first, he dumped the bodies in the Seine River, but he later destroyed the bodies by submerging them in quicklime or he just incinerated them. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, in 1941, he had bought a house at 21 Rue La Sueur Street. 
And on March 11th of 1944, his neighbors started complaining to the police about a foul stench in the area and large amounts of smoke that were billowing from a chimney in his home. Oh, so fearing a chimney fire, the police summoned the firemen who entered the house and found a great fire in a coal stove in the basement. And in the fire and scattered among the basement were human remains. In addition to the remains found in his basement, human remains were also found in a pit that was filled with quicklime in his backyard and in a canvas bag. He's killing them faster than he can dispose of them. I think so, yes. In his home, enough body parts were found to account for at least 10 victims. Oh, my God. Also scattered throughout his property were suitcases, clothing, and assorted property of his victims. Which, I mean, it makes sense. You're running. You're not coming back. You're going to take everything you can carry with you. Yep, and everything that's most valuable in your suitcases. Yes. Mm -hmm. He was imprisoned, and he claimed that he was innocent, and he killed only enemies of France. He said he had discovered in February of 1944 that there was a pile of bodies in the house. Oh. Now, he bought the house in 41, and it took him three years to discover. To he didn't apparently go into the basement. Um, so, yeah, he's just trying to clean up the mess the previous owner left behind. I was going to say, and, and instead of doing what most normal people would do, which is call the police... Run screaming from your house because it's filled with decomposing bodies. Yes, because it was in March his neighbors started complaining. Uh-huh. So, um, he was tried in 1946. He was accused of 135 criminal oh charges. Oh, my God. He was convicted of, it, of 26 counts of murder. So, I don't know how many of the other charges he was convicted right. on, but 26 counts of murder. He was sentenced to death. On May 25th of 1946... So, two months later, he was beheaded. Now, he did have a stay of a couple days because there was a problem with the release mechanism of the guillotine. Oh. Which, I don't know. You've been convicted of 26 murders. So, there's a problem. So, you're not really sure when your head's coming off. We might take us four tries. I don't see a problem with that. But, uh, happy on birthday to this flaming example of human fucked uppery. Rest in the flames of hell because you should be comfortable there. Wow. Holy Jesus. I had to figure out how to spell fucked uppery. Fucked uppery? Yeah, fucked uppery. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you a twofer here. Okay. okay. We'll take a twofer. Okay. So you brought us a murder birthday. I did. I'm going to bring us. That's my job. I know. I'm going to bring us. I will see your murder birthday and I will up you. You're going to raise me? I'm going to raise you. You're going to raise me? Because on this day, January 17th, Benjamin Franklin, Al Capone, Betty White, James Earl Jones, Jim Carrey were all born. Yeah. And Muhammad Ali. Wow. A lot of famous people born on this day. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Benjamin Franklin. You're like, where the fuck is she going with this? I have no this idea what's going on. Yeah. Okay. I just thought it was really interesting that there were so many really well-known famous people born on January 17th. Okay. We'll take it. So. Okay. On this day. Yes. The cartoon character Popeye. A sailor known for his love of spinach. His huge arms. And olive oil. Of course. His disproportionate. Love for, his, his love for olive oil. 
made his debut appearing in the newspaper comic strip Thimble Theater. Thimble Theater. 1929. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you can't really think about Popeye without thinking about our beloved Robin Williams. That is true. Or how he could just squeeze that can of spinach open. Like, <laughs> I I can't. I've tried. I can't do it. And what was it? I'll give you a dollar tomorrow for a burger today or something like that? I'll give you a dollar, like, next Tuesday or the second Tuesday of next week. It was always some ridiculous day that yeah. really didn't exist. For a burger today. Yes. Yeah. From the burger dude. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot good of... Good times, though. It what was. Good memory. Good it memories. I, I thought we could that. use something a little fun. Heck yeah, we can always use something fun. All right, Mary, I hear you've got a story for us. I do. All right, and who will we be talking about We're today? We're going to be talking about Frederick Boudin. Boudin? Boo. Boudin. 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 Frederick Boudin. Oh, okay. All right. And... And would you care to enlighten us about Mr. Frederick Boudon? Oh, you're going to be so fucking enlightened, your hat's going to spin. I'm going to need the rest of that bottle of wine. You might want to start chugging now. Would you like a straw? An no, IV? Just, I'm just going to drink right out of the bottle. Well, if you have an IV, you can multitask. You said that like you think I can't multitask with a bottle in my hand. You can multitask faster. Your both hands are free. <laughs> All right. But it's not as enjoyable through an IV. I wouldn't know. I've never tried it. Well, you can't taste it that way. But it probably is way faster. Way yeah, faster. Yeah, but I do enjoy the way it tastes. I know. In Nanterre, France, Frederick. What is it with you and France today? I don't know. We're going to go all over the world. We're oh. going to go to places you are not expecting today. You are taking me around the world. Oh, we huh? are tripping around the world, girl. Woohoo! All the right. Mushrooms needed. <laughs> In that, you might think you're on mushrooms by the time I'm done with this story. Okay. In Nanterre, France, Frédéric Pierre Boudin was born to Ghislaine Boudin on June 13th of 1974. Ghislaine was a single mother. She was only 18. She lived in a small suburb. She worked at a margarine factory. Frederick's father, he worked at the factory too. But... He was a married man. Oh, naughty, naughty, naughty. He was from Algeria. His name was Casey. He's not leaving his wife. They never do. Ladies, they're not leaving their wives for you. Now, Just get it through your head now. Now, most stories that I read said that Ghislaine didn't know that he was married. But I don't know how that's possible. Right? But that's beside the point. Ghislaine knew that Casey was not going to leave his wife to be with her. So she simply did not tell him about the pregnancy. And she stopped seeing him. And eventually she quit her job at the factory. Ghislaine did try raising Frederick, Frederick on her own. It didn't really go so well. And after about two years, child services stepped in and they removed Frederick from their home. Oh, that's not good. Frederick Boudin went to live with Ghis- Ghislaine's parents. Okay. So his grandparents. His grandparents. Yes. So at least he didn't end up with strangers. Apparently, Ghislaine did not really want to be a mother. She much preferred to go out, to drink, to dance. And if she didn't want to come home, she didn't want to come home. Oh, that's a problem when you have a child. It is. Now, years later, Ghislaine wrote a letter to her son, Frederick. And in this letter, she claimed that they had stolen him from her. 
at the tender age of two, and that they had done everything they could to separate the two of them from each other. And now the two of them were complete strangers, which they probably were. Uh, She sounds a little delusional. I didn't read anything where they really interacted together. Okay. So Frederick claimed that his mother would have done most anything to get attention. Okay. Including pretending to be ill. Oh, one of those. He felt that she especially wanted attention from him. He would... He said that she would pretend to be under duress in order to get him to respond and to pay attention to her. And Ghislaine herself admitted that, yep, she had faked illnesses to get his attention. That is so wrong. She had even gone so far as to attempt suicide. She was very needy. Yeah. Sounds like there are bigger problems with her than... Well, I'm uh, sure. I mean... Than her lack of desire Perhaps to she should have just stayed home and been a mother then. But when he was five, Frederick and his grandparents moved to a town called Nantes. And I really, I don't know how far it is from Nantier. I don't know. Okay. Frederick never felt like he fit in with the others. He said he always felt like an outcast. And because of this, the five-year-old began to fabricate stories about himself and about his family. He would tell the other children that his father was actually a British secret agent. And that is why he lived with his grandparents and his dad wasn't around. Oh, That's very creative for a five-year-old. In school, his teachers found him to be precocious and captivating. Of course they did. They said he was very talented. He drew comic strips that were extraordinarily imaginative and visual. He could be, he could draw things that were wild and beautiful, they said. Teachers also claimed that this young boy simply had a way of making you connect with him. Oh, okay. As a young child, Frederick told his grandparents that a neighbor had molested him. Whether this abuse was true or not is not known. The fact is that no one really seemed to believe him, and nobody ever checked out the truth in his statements. They basically just ignored it. That's unfortunate. It is. Now, perhaps because no one believed him and they ignored him, or perhaps for some other unknown reason, Frederick began to misbehave and act out in school. He also began stealing from the neighbors around this time. And due to this behavior, he was sent to a nearby juvenile home, and the teachers there were not quite as fond of him. They referred to his stories as dramatic. They actually called them little dramas that became more and more detailed the more often that he told them. Oh, okay. It was around this time in his life that he began to pretend he was someone other than who he was. He would pretend to be an amnesiac. Oh, God. (laughs) And he would intentionally get lost in the streets of this little town, trying to add credibility to his story and make it feel more real to him. How old was he at this point? Um, Well, he uh, was five when he moved with his grandparents, and I think he was around seven or eight when he ended up in the juvenile home. It could have been nine or ten, but he was, I mean, still young. That's a lot of, of effort and mental... That's... Ingenuity, I guess. That is nothing. For for a a child that young to pretend to have amnesia and, like, actually take steps to make it real? Well, if you think about it, you get attention that way. Same as a mother. I know, but think about the steps that, I mean, like, like getting lost. Not just pretending, like, oh, I, I can't remember my name. Who are you? Yeah. I mean, that's what a typical child might do. Yes. But, like, to get lost and, yes. and, and like, that's crazy. Now, when he was 15, 
Frederick Boudin was sent to another facility for juveniles. He eventually ran away from this facility at the age of 16, and he hitchhiked his way to Paris. Oh! I don't think it was that far. Okay. I don't think. Now, once he got there, he pretended to be a British teenager. This was his first real fake character. Oh, God. He called himself Jimmy Sale. He approached the local police officers. He pretended to be lost. And the police, for their part, they didn't find this to be unusual. So they took him back to the nearby station to find his parents. And it soon became clear to them that Frederick couldn't speak two words of English. Probably wasn't British. Yeah, that's weird. Frederick admitted that he was lying and he was taken back to the youth home. But before long, he ran away again. Now, this pattern repeated itself several times. Hmm. And by the time Frederick was 18 and a legal adult, he'd posed as over 12 fictional children. Oh, my God. As he traveled around. He moved in and out of orphanages and foster homes. It's like he was searching for the perfect place to live. Right. Frederick didn't always try too hard to maintain this deceit that he was putting out there. His identity was always uncovered. In 1995, he told a story on French on a French TV show called Everything is Possible. And he claimed to the producers that he was motivated by simply wanting love and a family. And the producers were very moved by this. Oh, good God. And they offered him a job. Oh, good God. Frederick didn't really want that, so he ran away from that, too. Over the years, Frederick would use a minimum of 40 identities that are known. Oh, my God. Frederick himself says, probably closer to 500. By the time he had reached adulthood, the French press had dubbed him the chameleon. Some of his aliases were actually real people. Some were not. Several of them were very famous, as we will learn. Some of these impersonations were very harmful to those involved. And in my opinion, that makes them unforgivable. That's the thing is, if you're impersonating a real person, yeah, how is that not going to be harmful to someone? Right. People over the years knew him as Alex Dole, Benjamin Tent, Michelangelo Martini, Jimmy Morins, and a bunch more that I can't even try to pronounce. Not only did Frederick switch names more than we switch our underwear, he also switched nationalities. He spoke several languages over the years. And one police chief noted that when he spoke Spanish, he became a Spaniard. When he spoke English, he became an Englishman. Of course, the chief said he was lying, but he was a consummate actor. Now, when someone asked him why he didn't become an actor, Frederick said he didn't want to just play somebody. He wanted to be somebody. Oh. Frederick seemed to need attention like his mother needed attention. Oh, And you know what? Here's the thing. I hadn't really thought about that. But if it worked for his mom to get attention. She didn't switch identities, but she did other things. Right. But if he found out growing up that his mom's behavior got her attention, then it makes sense that he might ratchet it up a step. Wow. Now, when he would switch identities, he would switch his heritage. He switched his soap. He switched his toothpaste. He switched his hairstyle. He might give the person a speech disorder. He might say they had some sort of physical disorder. Oh, my God. Like, he's all in on this. Oh, he was all in. Like, he was all in. He tried to be meticulous in changing each character, outward and inward appearance, in every aspect. That's crazy. That's a lot of work. Sometimes he would grow facial hair. Maybe he would pluck his eyebrows. He might wax. I mean, yeah, he changed everything about them. 
Anything he could do to help himself bring that character to life. He likened it to being an undercover spy. You go all in. Oh, my God. He used inspirational quotes to help him through this journey in life. Like, keep it simple. Like, a good liar uses the truth. That was some of them. But he often said, you just have to be honest with yourself. You don't live a lie. I'm sorry, what? You are living a lie. He's a professional liar. Yes. Now, in order to bring these newly developed characters to life in the real world, when he came up with this new identity... Right. He would first try to create an illusion among the local people and the authorities where he was going to be living to tell them that, you know, this person's real. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, he can't keep doing this all in the same town. No. He has to keep moving. Yes. Because, oh, my God, no offense, but moving is such a pain in the ass. I would never want to just move and move and move and move and move. There was a reporter who went to where he lived at one point in time, and he asked, the person that Frederick had been living with or staying with, if he could go in Frederick's bedroom. And the person said yes. And literally, Frederick had, like, two pairs of pants and three shirts and a couple books, and that was everything to his name. Okay, I guess that does... But, I mean, even the whole, like, starting over, having no friends, having no job, etc. And what about what about identification? Uh, you know what? I don't really know. So when he came up with a new identity, he would interact with the police or he would call them to report that this identity was in trouble or causing trouble. He would just make phone calls regarding this person and leading the authorities to become familiar with the person before they ever even met them. Oh, my God. So then when you meet them, you don't question. You don't question that this person is real because you've already heard about them. Oh, my God. Okay. So by June of 1992... So he's 18 years old. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Something like that? Yeah. See, so he was born in 74. Yeah. yeah, he's 18. Yeah. After he got out of the home. Frederick had pretended to be more than a dozen different children and teenagers who were all fictional. He was now 18, and he'd been kicked out of the juvenile system. He was free, to, but he had no place to go. Okay. Frederick also had a record with the authorities for lying and other various crimes. The media was familiar with him by now. And Interpol had their eyes on him, too. You do not pretend to impersonate a child, whether it's real or fictional, without... The authorities taking a look at you. Right. None of these things are to the advantage of an impersonator or imposter of people. In October of 1997, while he was in Spain, Frederick made a phone call to the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children in Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. He told them that his name was Jonathan Durian. He was the director of the Menares Shelter. Now he's in Spain, remember. Okay. He claimed that a boy who spoke English had arrived at the shelter, but the boy would not tell them who he was. He described the boy to the center as having a prominent chin, brown hair, brown eyes, and having a really cute gap between his teeth. 
The woman he spoke to found a really close match to the description that he gave them. Oh, no. It was a 13-year-old boy named Nicholas Barkley. Nicholas Barkley, he was age 13 at the time he went missing. He was last seen playing basketball with his friends in his hometown of San Antonio, Texas. Okay. On June 13th of 1994. Nicky, as his family had called him, he never made it home that day. And he has never been seen or heard from since. Oh. Born on December 30th of 1980 to Beverly Dollarhide, Nikki had two siblings, a sister named Carrie and a brother named Jason. Okay. Nikki had a juvenile criminal record from an early age, pretty much related to stealing or breaking and entering. Okay. And he was also known to run away from his family whenever um, he got upset. Okay. Now, according to the Doe Network, Nikki never ran away for more than 24 hours. Right. Okay. So, Nicholas had called for a ride home. Jason Barkley said he had answered the phone and said he wasn't giving him a ride. He's going to have to walk. Nikki never returned home that night. Oh. A-, a missing persons investigation was open, but there were a few leads. Now, when he went to the basketball court, Nicholas Barkley only had about $5 with him. Okay. So, police considered it. Very unlikely that he was actually paying for a place to stay, like a hotel or right. So the first place so you start looking is like all of his friends' houses, etc. Their best guess was that he had hitchhiked somewhere, but if a kid's hitchhiking, you're really going to be hard pressed to find him. Three months after Nicholas went missing, Jason called the police again and claimed that he had seen his brother trying to break into their garage. However, by the time the police arrived at the scene, Jason claimed that Nicholas had already fled. That seems weird. In 1997, Frederick took Nicholas Barkley's identity. So this is like two more than two years later. Three years later, yeah. Okay. He dyed his hair blonde, and he gave himself three tattoos to match the ones that Nicholas Barkley had. When you are on the Doe Network, there's complete descriptions. Okay, so hold on. Like actual tattoos? Yes. He went and got himself actual tattoos. Yes. That's... A, fucked up, yes. and B, some serious dedication. And in 1997, he's not hes not 13. No. Well, Nicholas wouldn't be 13 anymore either. You're right. He'd be 16. All right. So Frederick got his tattoos. He dyed his hair. And he got ready for the arrival of Carrie Barkley, Nicholas's oh, older sister. My God. When Carrie arrived, she took a look at Frederick and she said, quote, I knew it was you. I knew I was going to find you, end quote. Oh, God. And after she swore under oath that Frederick was her brother and he was an American citizen, he was given a U.S. passport and a flight back to Texas. No. And because Carrie vouched for him, the authorities asked no questions. Now, upon arriving back in the United States... Nicholas Barkley's family welcomed Frederick back as their missing son, and he soon seemed to be fitting in. How do you not catch on? I mean, there'd just be so many things. Like, he doesn't know people. He doesn't know names. He doesn't know the layout of the house. He doesn't... I think that that takes a little bit of time, because you don't want to think that way. As a family member, and you and I can't relate to that, but you're not going to want to think that way. You're just going to think, you know, well, he's been captive. He's been abused. His mind has gone through so much trauma. It's going to take him time. You and I are very suspicious, though, by nature. Most people are not. 
But even if he looked like my brother, A, does he sound like my brother? Because your voice... He lived voice, in Europe. Yes, but... And he's gone through puberty. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's the first thing. The second thing is, if you're still living in the house that you grew up in, how do you not know the layout of the house? I don't know if they did or did not. I don't the, know. Yeah, there would be no way for you to know the layout of the house. You're right. You're correct. But if it's a small home, it doesn't take you long, does it? Mm. And if it sounds like they didn't live in the best neighborhood, you're not going to have a large house. God, this is crazy. Okay. Okay. All right. Keep going. However, Frederick was still guarded when he started staying with them, and his family basically attributed that to the abuse that he'd experienced. Oh, he's claiming abuse? Yes. He was child sex trafficked. Oh, oh. And as a family member, A, you're not going to talk about that. And you're going to attribute a whole lot of shit to that. He claimed that during his abduction, he had been physically and sexually abused. He claimed that his French accent was due to living in Europe for so long. Now, he had different eye colors than Nicholas. He didn't wear contacts. And no one caught on to this? Oh, yes, they did. They did. And when they questioned him about it, he said, well... The sex trafficking ring that stole me did experiments on me. What? And they put solutions in my eyes, and it ended up changing my eye color. If you're a naive family, you're not going to doubt this. You're not going to question this immediately. Frederick lived with the family for almost five months until March 6th of 1998. Okay. Because in late 1997, a local private investigator grew suspicious of him while he was working with a TV crew that had been filming the family for a reality television show. Okay. And the investigator compared a photo of Frederick to Nicholas, and the ears didn't match. Oh, ears can be really distinctive. Yes, they when can. you think when you think about like all the folds and the curves and the shape and the size, and, and he the, didn't cover that, and the angle and the like, people don't cover, don't think about that. So yeah, you don't have an excuse made up for that. No. So of course he went to the authorities, and in February of ninety eight. The FBI obtained a court order to take the young man's fingerprints and his DNA. Okay. So they were... This sounds wise. Identified as belonging to Frederick Udon. Oh, God. So now the family knows. How devastating. How fucking... I can't even imagine. Devastating. Now the mother... The mother later said that she had started to question him because he didn't recognize things like the school he'd gone to. Right. And she didn't understand how he couldn't remember things like that that should have been familiar. But in September of 1998, Frederick pled guilty to passport fraud and perjury in a federal court in San Antonio, Texas. He was given six years imprisonment, which is more than twice as long as recommended by the sentencing guidelines. Which, hey, good. Yeah. I still think that that is far too fucking lenient for what he put the Barkley family through. Oh my through. God, I cannot even imagine Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? No, I can't. I can't. Having your child go missing is like the worst. We covered that worst. two weeks ago. Oh, my God. I just can't imagine. That is like every, okay. That is that every is like I won't nightmare. say every parent, but that is most parents' nightmare. Absolutely. We covered that two weeks ago. I know. I know. Oh, my God. I mean, anybody who has a little kid who has had children... Has had their little kid, like, they're right there, and you look away for one second, and you turn around, and they're gone, and you, you're just, it's like an instant 
heart dropping, stomach churning panic, even if you like see them 30 seconds later. Yeah. For those 30 seconds. It is. It is the most horrifying feeling you could ever feel. Yes. And to think that you had your child back just to learn that this person lied to you, you, deceived you, lied to you, and put you through this mental health. And went to the like extremes of getting tattoos and, oh God, yeah. Yes. Now I know that Frederick wasn't charged with emotional trauma because you can't. But I really hope that the Barkley sued him for everything he had, including his pants. Now, I will tell you. He doesn't have anything. He has, like, two pairs of pants and three shirts and two books, remember? Yeah. Well. And some tattoos. I will tell you that Nicholas Barkley has never been found. He has never returned home. And authorities honestly believe that his brother Jason had something to do with that. There is no proof. And Jason died. He's long dead. So. Mm. I can't even imagine. He's never been found. And the family, the trauma of of everything they've gone through. Their son is missing. Now their son's returned. But it's not actually their son. And the authorities think that your older son. Older son? Yeah. Older son. I assume so because Jason said he wouldn't go pick him up. Right. The older son says he won't come get the son. And now the authorities think that the older son had something to do with killing the year. Like, that family has been through levels Shit. of trauma that we just will never understand. Ever fathom. Right. Oh my God. Now, obviously, Frederick did not serve the entire six years because he was returned to France from the United States in 2003. He moved to a little town called Grenoble, where he assumed the identity oh of God. Leo Bali, a 14 year old French boy who had been missing. Since 1996. What is his obsession with pretending to be a teenage boy? Dude, you're getting older. You know you can't pass for At a 13 At this point in time, he's 19 years old. Jesus. You better have a fucking baby face. He did have a baby face, but he had a receding hairline, too, by the time he was a teenager. And now he has tattoos. Yeah. And those tattoos in Interpol... Yes. And Scotland Yard and yes. every other jurisdiction he's ever been a part of. Like, they all know those tattoos. Yes. All right. So he has assumed Leo's identity. He has returned to Leo's family. It was soon suspected that Frederick was not really Leo. And authorities tested his DNA, which proved he was not Leo. Oh, my God. At this point, anybody who's, like, suspected, they'll be like, oh, but he completely changes his identity, okay? I know, but the world is on to him now. Okay, but this little town... My God. ...in France has probably not heard the story of Texas. Oh, my God. So Frederick was charged, convicted, and sentenced to four months of stealing and using Leo Bali's identity. What the hell? Four months? Four months. That's awful. Okay. So in 2004, in August, we, we oh find him in God. Spain. And at this point, he's, see, 2004. He was born in 74. He's 20. No, no. 2004, he he's was thir- born in 74. He's 30, 30 years, years old. old. You're now. right. You're right. He's 30 years old. He's claiming to be an adolescent named Ruben Sanchez Espinosa. An adolescent? You're 30 fucking years he's old. He's got a real baby face. You put a hand oh on his head. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ruben's mother had been killed in the Madrid bomb attacks. 
So apparently Ruben went missing at the same time. No, eventually it was found out. The police discovered the truth and they just... Does it sound awful that right now all I can think is the authorities need to, like, get a court order allowing them to, like, tattoo his identity. Can't they just fucking tattoo it on his forehead? Seriously. Like, between his shoulder blades. Something. Anything. My name is Frederick Boudin. I'm not your child. I am not your missing child. Oh, my God. They didn't charge him with anything. They deported him back to France. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to lose my shit. I'm so sorry, but I am absolutely going to lose my fucking shit. Yeah, you probably will. Let's move on to 2005. No. No, we don't want to go to 2000. You want me to just end the story here and leave you hanging? Oh, God. On May 3rd of 2005... Multiple people called into the local authorities about a teenage boy alone in the local train station. And eventually the boy found his way to the local child welfare office. He was slim. He was short. He had very pale skin. God. He was wearing a scarf wound around his face and a baseball cap that was pulled down around his eyes. He had no money on him, but he did have a phone and he had identification. Who is he today? Francisco Hernandez Fernandez. What? A 15-year-old from Spain. Francisco was a quiet boy, but he did tell them that he, his parents, and his younger brother had been in a horrific car accident. He was the only survivor. He had gotten out of a coma after being in one for several weeks. He told the authorities that after he left the hospital, he had gone to stay with his uncle. But he had left his uncle's home when the man had become abusive with him. Oh, my God. You know, there's going to be hospital records, right, dude? Who's the, why would child welfare check up on that? Oh, my They don't God. have the resources. They assume people are telling them the truth. It's a 15-year-old boy. He's in bad shape. He's not 15. He needs help. Yeah, he needs help. He's a lot of help. Yeah, he's 31. <laughs> no shit. The welfare office sent him to live in a state-run shelter. Now, that shelter housed 35 boys and girls who had either been abandoned by their parents or they'd been removed from their parents' home. The shelter was an old stone building. It had peeling white shutters. It wasn't really super well-maintained. Francisco was given his own room. He was enrolled at the local school with about... Oh, my God! 400 other students. Can you imagine going to school at 31 years old and pretending you're 15? Most of the other students came from pretty tough neighborhoods, and they were kind of violent. Frederick was quiet, he was soft-spoken, and he would frequently flinch if anyone actually touched him. His teachers were protective of him. He might look like the other students, but he was very different from them. Yeah, he's 31 years old! Of course he's different from your students! He's not a fucking teenager! Oh my god! One of the other students, Raphael, was asked to tutor Francisco because... Having been enrolled midterm, he had a lot of catching up to do. Oh, God, no, he doesn't. He's 31 fucking years old. Raphael was asked to tutor Francisco, so he did. And he found him to be very bright and quick to learn. Oh, gee, you think? And slowly, Francisco began to hang out with his classmates, and he soon became one of them. He soon became one of the most popular kids in the school. He was very quick to pick up American slang and idioms. He knew a great deal about music. And he danced like Michael Jackson, according to the kids that he went to school with. 
Oh, my God. At the yearly talent show, Francisco did a perfect imitation of Michael Jackson. They said, he didn't just imitate him. He became Michael Jackson. Oh, gee, you think? About a month later, on June 8th, that administrator was home watching a television show that happened to be about the world's most famous imposter. No! Frederick Boudin, who impersonated children and teenagers. And she knew that one of their students was right there on her television screen. Oh, my God. She did an internet search, and she found that he was an imposter of identities who didn't want to grow up. He had impersonated everyone from a priest to a tiger tamer. There was no question of who What was. the fuck? So it's not just like teenagers that have been missing and shit. He, he impersonates anybody. Everybody. Anybody. Oh everybody. Amnesia. I mean, like, literally, there's 40 identities that they know of. 40. Oh, my God. And probably there's a lot that he practiced with that they didn't even know about. Of course, the school notified the police and Frederick was arrested. And the 21... He's not 21. He's 31. That's a misprint. The 31-year-old with a slightly receding hairline simply said, I want a lawyer. Oh, my God. He did admit his real identity to the authorities. He had impersonated people in France, Australia, Belgium, Bosnia, Denmark, England, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Luxembourg, Portugal, Slovakia, Spain, Switzerland, Sweden, and the United States. Oh, my God. About the only place he hadn't been in? Norwegia. Jesus Christ. Australia. Antarctica. <laughs> 2006. The North Pole? In 2006, Frederick met a French woman named Isabella. And on August 8th of 2007, the two married after a year-long courtship. Oh, he's finally, he's going to get married now. The couple resided in France with their five children. Five children. They had five, five children together. Five children. Isn't he like 12, though? <laughs> it's real awkward when your kids are older than you are now. <laughs> there are no known instances of Frederick Boudin impostering another single person after meeting Isabel that I could find. On March 23rd of 2017, Frederick made a Facebook post stating that Isabel had left him for another man, claiming she had been unhappy for about 10 years. He claims that she left him with her children. And the status of Isabella and the children is currently unknown. I actually could not find anything about any of them. I saw some pictures. I was going to say, do I we did. know I for sure they actually I exist? did see pictures, and she was a beautiful woman, and their children look happy. They do. But what a fucked up story. Oh, my God. What the hell? I can't even marry. <laughs> Jesus, I need to drink more. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, you do. Oh, my God. What the fuck is wrong with this dude? And he got away with it. Time and time and time and time and time again. Yeah, he literally spent less than six years in prison for all of that. All of it. All of it. Oh, my God. Most of the time, they didn't even charge him. They just deported him. How did he get into all these countries without a passport? I think that things were a lot different then. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think that if you forged documents, it wasn't as readily... Known? Oh my god! Checked. I don't think it was until like 2011 that they actually started cracking down on that shit for real. Oh my god! That is that is. You got no other words besides "oh my god," do you? No, 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 I don't. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, like he did this and he did this and he did, and then all of a sudden he just fucking stops. It's like, right? 
Yeah, like there's nothing about Which where he me is wonder. today. I was there's gonna nothing. Say, I can't find anything about where he is today. He's probably he's probably impersonating our local priest. Well, you and I wouldn't know. <laughs> no, no, we wouldn't. <laughs> oh my god! Holy shit! That's all I got. World traveler, right there. We're doing it all. We're wrong. doing everything all wrong. Should have been a world traveling doctor. How how young <laughs> do you think we could pass for? Oh my god, that was super fucked up, Mary. <laughs> Damn. Oh, oh god. Wait, do you hear my final thought of the day? Oh no. Because I know you don't just, I know you do these way in advance. I do these way in advance. I actually do them a whole year at a time and I have them dated. And she never knows what story I'm doing. Ever. No, no. And I obviously can't possibly remember which ones go to what days. So even when I do a story, I have no idea what the word, what the final thought of the day is okay. compared to my story. Does that like be your true self or? Our final thought of the day is knowledge is learning something every day. <laughs> Wisdom is letting go of something every day. You are wise and knowledgeable today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so is Frederick Boudin. We don't know that. <laughs> Holy shit. Have an amazing week, everyone. We love you. Thanks so much for being here with us. Bye. Hey, everyone. This is Larry from A Quickie Anytime. This podcast may contain adult innuendo and coarse language. You've been warned. It's Mary, Larry, and Hannah. And this is A Quickie Anytime. Oh my god, the excitement. I can't even handle the excitement in his voice with that. You should see his eyes though. Look, his eyes are all happy. He's so proud of himself. I want to give him a little gold star. On average, a human being will have sex more than 3,000 times and spend two weeks kissing in their lifetime. That's food for thought. You see, this bottle contained a message. Eat me. Drink drink me. Sorry, drink me. <laughs> the message was 26 <laughs> Is years that an old. Offer? <laughs> Not at the table, please. <laughs> Under the table. <laughs> well, it is a pub style. There's plenty of room under there. I think they're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, we got the evil eye. All right, here so. we go. You ready? You've heard of zoos, right? No. Nope. What's a zoo? What's a zoo? Well, small fake villages where indigenous... I can't even talk. Where indigenous... Now, human zoos do still kind of exist in a way. It's called Walmart. (laughs) There is a place... They're free range. (laughs) All kinds of species. Have a sip before you bow chihuahuas. Ooh. About Chickawawa, both of us this time. Ooh. If it was good for you, come back for another. Bump Chickawawa.